So we were just talking. Yeah. yeah. Charlie Duke, tenth man to walk on the moon. Man, how did you find that guy? Because I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm all about that type of stuff. And yeah. I'm going. I didn't even know he was still alive. Honestly. Only four. Only four living uh, moonwalkers are alive. Buzz Aldrin, Charlie Duke, uh, Her- Dr. Harrison Schmidt, uh, Harris Schmidt, and um, David Scott. And yeah. I can't get in touch with Schmidt or Scott. I'm trying to get Buzz. Yeah. I can't get a response from his people. But I found like I found websites for for uh, Mr. Ald- Dr. Aldrin and for General Charlie Duke. And they have these like, you know, it's like press inquiries, blah speaking, blah blah blah. So I just do what I normally do, have my mm-hmm. little pitch, and I just send it to every department and eventually I'm like if I just if I just if I just upset enough people or annoy enough people, it somehow gets kicked upstairs to whoever, and that's how I get them, and uh, right. just be a right. little pest. But um, one of one of Mr. Aldrin's, uh, I guess, secretaries or head of whatever PR, or his name is Charlie. All right, so I I emailed that whole group, and then I found Charlie Duke, and so I emailed him. And I think I had copy and it was after work. This is after like a 12 hour shift. It was like three in the morning. I was exhausted. And I think I seeing his name as Charlie. I think I forgot that I had just sent a message to a secretary named Charlie. So I was like, hi, you know, big fan of the Apollo program. Would you be able to get Dr. Aldrin on my show? And I got a response that said, hey, Tommy, I'll pass this along to uh, Dr. Aldrin's uh PR guy, but I was thinking, why would a PR guy tell me that he's passing it on to PR? Right. And so I looked at it and it said send from and it said send from my iPhone, and I was like, and I looked at the email and it said Charlie Duke, and I was like, this. So I didn't know that he didn't have like a team of people; it's just him. Right. So I sent an email back, and I was like, I think there is some misunderstanding because I'm asking for Mr. Duke to be on my podcast. I wanted to talk to you, tenth man that was on the moon, correct? And said, "Hey Tommy, why don't you tell me about your podcast?" And that's when I was like, "Oh my god, I, I'm in touch." <laughs> so I back and forth, and I was trying to get him on, and you know he's busy, and maybe next week, and he gets a lot of inquiries, and he doesn't really do them anymore. And finally, I was like, "Can we do thirty minutes?" He's like, "Let me think about it." And the next day, I was like, "Can we do ten minutes?" Right. Ten on right. and off. And right. he said, and he said it in the podcast. He said, "I normally don't do these, but you talked me into it." Nice. So. Nice. Good for you. So I talked to a guy yesterday for a half an hour, who walked on the moon. I, I was gig. It was people still think we haven't done it. Oh, I know. I know. Right. Blows my mind. Well, just I don't. I just don't interact with them. I don't even confront them. I don't argue. To me, they are. uh, To me, I'm as arguing with a cow. It's Mm -hmm. just. It's like me trying to explain my my proof for how I got this calculus answer to just a bovine beast. And I'm like, what am I, who's the real idiot, the cow or the person trying to explain it to the cow? So who's the idiot, the moon denier or the guy trying to explain it to the moon denier? But, man, I know, dude, I'm... (laughs) I'm telling you, when I, when I, as the historian with the cell fighter, when I interviewed John Stapp uh, back in the 90s, that just starting to watch that podcast you had there reminded me of that particular interview mm-hmm. because you know an older guy who, uh-huh. had, sure. who literally made history now I, I was thinking you know there was a time when when i first started in the air force it wasn't so glamorous at least where i started off because i i um i just will give you a quick background because sure, it's nothing sure. glorious but maybe it's kind of fun sure, but go, go. you know back in the back in the late 80s early 90s uh, we had the rodney king riots there in la Mm -hmm. and what was really interesting is during the rodney king riots uh, they literally were burning down parts of la kind of like what you see right now right now uh, throughout the country and they burnt down the meps recruiting station so that's the station where when you when you sign in with a military recruiter they would send you there to get your physical and everything okay you know check you out so i lived in southern california so it was just a you know an hour or so drive or whatever to go to the MEP station there in la and get your physical and after that point if everything checks out you're going they're sending you to basic training at that point 
Well, that station had burned down because of the Rodney King riots. I remember watching it on TV and everything. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? And so the U.S. Air Force bought me a plane ticket and you flew me out to... That was the alarm for this episode. Sorry. <laughs> no problem. Well, they flew me out to Phoenix, Arizona. That, For some reason, that was the next closest MEP station. To me, it was for, far enough away from all the rioting and all this yeah. other stuff. So they fly me out there. I scored very well on the entrance exam, the ASFAB and all that stuff. And so I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to, I wanted to go in as some type of engineer guy and, and just get that skill set and have the military train me. If I stay in, I stay in. And if I don't, then I'll have some skill set, get out. A lot of, a lot of men and women think that when they yeah. go into something like that. Well, so I go through the map station again, they flew me out to Phoenix, paid for me to spend the night, all that stuff. <laughs> I get through all the testing. And then I come to the last test of the day after being there all day, and it's the colorblindness test. And so th this doc has this, this book, and he just flips the pages, flips the pages. And it's got all those circle colored mm -hmm. dot things on there. And I'm supposed to call out, oh, I see a 16. I see an 8. I see a 5, whatever it is. I see nothing, absolutely nothing. And I took those tests when I was younger and had no problem with it. But he's flipping, and then he just stops, and he says, okay, you can actually start telling me when you see the thing, he does it again. Nothing. I see nothing. Oh. And they go, you're colorblind. And I go, what the colorblind? What the heck are you talking about? So automatically, that disqualified me from going in the certain jobs in the Air Force. For example, they probably didn't want me working air traffic control and having to look at that screen. And uh, sure. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I can't tell that between what, you know, Russian MIG or whatever. So yeah, come on in. Uh, so that was bad. They didn't want me apparently becoming a pharmacist, you know, counting sure. out all the colored pills sure. and handing the wrong prescription to somebody. I'm like, I don't see the problem, but yeah, you yeah, know, hey. okay, I can see that. Benadryl versus oxycodone. Yeah. Okay. They didn't want me to go into engineering and work with electronics yeah. or avionics systems and maybe cross the wrong wire. The pilot's flying. It's the <laughs> drop the laser guided bomb and nothing happens, right? Or blows himself up. Yeah. Probably not a good idea. So the Air Force might have been smart by doing this, Tom. Okay. okay. I'll right? give him that. We'll, we'll give him that. But my favorite one, which I was really disappointed. Let me tell you, I was really disappointed. Come to find out, they flew me back. I wasn't in the Air Force. Sure. They flew me back. I'm like, wow. I never heard of anyone totally get disqualified and can't go in the military. They said, we need to reschedule this appointment. <laughs> so I went home and I waited a couple of weeks or something and they bought me another plane ticket, flew me back out to Phoenix, Arizona. I went through, all I had to do was that one colorblindness test essentially. And they set it up differently. A large room, bright, all the lights were on, a little tiny projector screen at the other end of the room two colors would flash and all I had to say was the two colors and every time it changed just tell them the two colors and there was only three colors in the whole test red green white that's all it was I didn't I don't know what I saw but I I didn't see the white and the green and the red correctly necessarily little tiny dots I'm like give me a break I can see everything up close whatever so they said okay we're gonna let you in the Air Force and we've got you know some good news and we got some bad news and I said what's what's the bad news the bad news is we don't know what job you're gonna have okay so that means they were gonna stick me wherever the hell they yeah. wanted to put yeah. me okay they need a body yeah the good news is you don't get the job that you wanted which was eod i was about to say <laughs> earlier what about eod <laughs> oh i just i just i'm going so good news for you bad news for me but i'm just going so can you imagine I'm disarming a bomb and I'm looking at the colored wires and because of my color blindness, I look at the Sarge and go, Hey Sarge, hey Sarge, <laughs> what color wire do I cut? cut the red one? I said, they all look red. They all look red. I was going to say they, they send you in because you're going to have ice in your veins. You're going to be like, I don't know what's right and wrong. So maybe I get this. Maybe. So you have, whereas another guy might be going, Oh, like I'm about to blow this up. We're all dead. You're in there just singing, don't worry, oh, wow. be happy. You're oh, like, wow. hey, they're all red. <laughs> snip, snip, snip. You know, became a marksman and everything. I could, do, I could do everything for the pararescue guys physically and everything else, but that warrant, well, maybe my eyesight at the time, it, was, it wasn't too bad. But, but the colorblindness pretty much, that disqualifies you right away. Yeah, I mean. Just those one things that I'm going, man, I remember talking to pilots and stuff when I was growing up because my 
my dad was in the Air Force. And I remember these guys, you know, kind of in their, you know, late 20s even. They had glasses. And I'm going, now wait a minute. Wait a minute. They have glasses. I'm the right height. And I can fit. The, I've been in cockpits before. I've been in these planes. I've flown in there. Like, come on. No, but you couldn't do it full time. Like, you got to be kidding me. Man. Well, it's, it's weird, yeah, because especially, this, uh, I can't even say it with a straight face. It's such a dad joke. I was going to say, well, I mean, think, man, World War II is all black and white anyway, so. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, I, I couldn't even bad. get it out with a straight face. I'm like, this is so bad. But So here's the job they gave me, man. Here's here. This is all connects here. Um, Historic. They, 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 they give you the list, and anybody who's been through this, they so you get this dream sheet, whatever you want to call it, and it's kind of jobs you qualify for, right? Like, oh, yeah, you can go wash clothes and you can be a mover, mm -hmm. move people's furniture, and, you know, you can work mortuary affairs, which actually, now that I think about it, that might have been a good job on the outside. They make more money than I do right now, that's for sure. And I'm not talking about the corona. I'm just yeah. saying overall. <laughs> just in they, general, yeah. Right they they make actually pretty good money, those morticians. Sure, but, sure. Um, so they gave me the commissary. I didn't even know what a commissary was. I don't know. Like, what, what the heck is it? What's a commissary? I, I didn't have the jargon. I didn't have the language. What are you talking about? It's a freaking grocery store. You're going to work at a grocery store. And I'm going, the military has grocery stores? You know? I'm just, I'm, I'm a little pissed. I'm going, I'm clueless. I'm going, I scored like 95 plus on the ASVAB. I'm going, I'm pretty dang smart. And you're going to put me in a grocery store. Well, what the heck am I going to do in there? Well, apparently, I get to meet Chuck Yeager. Apparently, okay. the, the, the short end of the story is, I got to meet Chuck Yeager and talk to Chuck Yeager because at Edwards Air Force Base is where all that stuff happened. Yeah. You know, the right stuff movie filmed out there and everything. Uh, but of course, the X, X projects X. and everything, uh, they were all out there. And when I did get to fly a little bit, I flew in a T-38 and uh, it was the NASA version of it. So I got to do some backseat flying and stuff. Um, I don't believe it, commissary guy, but um, I got to dress in Chuck Yeager's locker room. He had his own personal locker room single room with his flight suit and everything because he used to come back even though he was retired he became generally he would come back from time to time and fly out of edwards air force base he would still okay. do some stuff up into his later years and i thought that was quite interesting so they you know as a memorial to him yeah. a living memorial yeah I, so i'm getting dressed in my flight suit and i look you know i look around i go wait a minute He's got his name on General Yeager and yeah. all this stuff. That's his stuff right there, man. So it was really neat, you know, to, to be able to awesome. get in touch with that history and stuff, even at Edwards Air Force yeah. Base, uh, and to see that stuff. And then we had the we had the modified SR seventy one Blackbirds there. The trainer? No, no. They had uh, what happened was the Air Force retired them mm -hmm. officially, right? They retired them, and NASA bought at least three mm -hmm. that I know. They yeah. bought three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were stationed there at Edwards Air Force Base. I got to see these things up close. They uh, they they reconfigured them and put two cockpits mm -hmm. in there. Mm -hmm. uh, originally, they just had the single cockpit, right, and then all the all the cameras and everything on top, and you know, all that stuff. But then they modified it and they put the two cockpits on there. So same plane, just some modifications or however they did it, and they were using it for all kinds of testing out of at least you know they they were based out of edwards air force base so you see those things flying around still out there in the 90s and in into the mid 90s just out of there just absolutely Insane. amazing and you'd see them on the tarmac you just see them out there you know on the tarmac and drive by the flight line and everything just going things and i got i don't have it with me but i have a picture of one and a big picture of one in my office back home so i mean just it's just neat just some of the things that you would just see yeah ordinary everyday life depending yeah. on where you're based yeah i mean another incident was uh the space shuttle was still landing there at times and so i remember one time i was gonna uh drive to, i was driving from southern california there edwards air force base and go all the way to great falls montana because uh, daniel that was his first base mm -hmm. up there in great falls montana so we go up to maelstrom and i would i drove two days straight driving just up there and I'm, I'm, it's early in the morning. I leave about 4.30 in the morning. I just want to get an early start. And I'm driving. I'm going out the, the north gate of the base. And there is the modified 747 with. Hey, hey your, your audio just cut out. 
Can't hear you. David Libby breaking everything. Okay. There we go. There we're back. We're back. Yeah, they're it's it's the NSA. They're checking on me again. Says my stuff. says my internet's unstable. <laughs> yeah, they're always. Oh, oh, it's because I'm running. It's, uh, I knew I oh, opened Photoshop. Man. Yeah, it's trying to update several <laughs> things. Damn it! It's that always happens. Hey, that always start happens. talking about the SR seventy one for too long, and whoop, whoop, yep. they come in there. Hey guys, not how you fast, doing? Not fast enough. Not yeah. fast enough. Yeah, it's yeah. I, whenever I have on the EOD guy, Will Ely. Yeah. He, he comes on, and he was in the Secret Service, and we talk about EOD stuff. Or I say we, he does, and I said you're nodding. One time he was talking about the like buying the materials from Home Depot and was just listing him off. I swear if we didn't if I didn't have the worst internet from like that moment for the rest of the day, just <laughs> crumbled and I'm like, Well, that's what you get, man. You know, yeah, listing right. off the he's like, You're gonna need like acetone, you're gonna need bubbly he's going off and it's like it's breaking down. But I was gonna say SR seventy one. I saw one when I was really little. I was probably like six or seven. On the Intrepid, the aircraft carrier on a, I guess docked moored in at Manhattan in Manhattan. In Manhattan, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I vaguely, I vaguely, I think it was because that was the only one I knew what it was. Even when I was little, it's just I didn't even know what the words meant. But I just remember it was the Lockheed Martin SR seventy one Blackbird. It was just right, that, that was right. just the whole name for it. I didn't know what it was. Like I didn't know which one was the actual jet. I didn't know which one was the brand. Like I just right. Mm -hmm. I just but. Man, seeing one on a tarmac, just... Well, I saw three. I guess I should clarify, because I saw all three, because they had at least three there at the time that, that I was there. And, I just, and you know, everybody that's been in that world, they, they understand this. It's, it was the flying gas can, leaking yeah, gas yeah, can. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but literally, I mean, to be able to see that it has all this fuel getting ready to take off, and it's just... There. It's leaving going. Oh, yeah. Is this a good thing? Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> We didn't have any environmental guys, you know, checking that apparently and okay. leaking all that stuff into the ground and but whatever. What's but yeah, yeah, it's neat. What's crazy is that like, obviously, like as it got up to speed, as you know, they would, it would heat up and the plates would expand and seal. Yep. And I remember watching a documentary on this like within like the last year or two, so like a very recent documentary on like the history of the SR seventy one. Right. They were talking about like. He's like, and you know, you would think now that we look back at it in the 60s and 70s, we're like, look at these primitive guys. They didn't even know how to make it seal, so they just did that. And he goes, and this is like an engine, an aerospace engineer, and he was like, no, the reality is, is now, in like 2016, we still don't have a, like a, you know, a special glue. We still don't have the material science to make it work. So he's like, even now, so it's not, look how primitive they are. He's like, that is still the best route. It's to just right. have it leak everywhere and then refill it. Yeah. Which is yeah. insane. Yeah. Well, then we, like I, you probably heard before audio cut out, but the space shuttle landed there. Oh, yeah, still. yeah, yeah. Sorry, 747, uh, yeah. And Yeah, well, they had the space shuttle on top, docked, and, mm -hmm. you know, that giant crane, it was all lit up and then just out there where anyone could see it. I mean, it was just absolutely brilliant. And I remember growing up there in Southern California, and when I was in elementary school back in the 80s, they, uh, we took four field trips to Edwards Air Force Base to see the different space shuttles land, like physically land out there. So, so you watched you know, them going land. From that, yeah, going from that as a kid, right, and having kind of that aerospace connection, hearing, you know, I can't wait to finish oh, yeah. the interview with this, with Duke about walking on the moon. And so I just, and then, the emotional roller coaster ride of when the space shuttle challenger blew mm -hmm. up um, in cool. elementary school like the day that yeah. the only thing i know how to compare that to is is i talked to my parents generation when jfk was assassinated sure. and how and how everything just kind of came to a standstill yeah. you know and that emotional weight hit well that was the challenger thing yeah. for me yeah. personally and then be able to see it as an adult being yeah. stationed there and being able to walk on base and every now and then you just hear sonic booms and you're ducking for cover and car alarms are going off because they're still testing stuff awesome. out there at edwards it was and some of the stuff even while you're there you don't know what they're testing yeah it just it's amazing how they can keep the secret in, in edwards air force base is not necessarily this i mean they have top secret parts of it out there but it's much more open than say the Tonopah test range mm -hmm. up in Nevada yeah. where the stealth fighter came out of. So, yeah. I mean, 
just amazing to me what yeah. they had out there. Amazing, yeah. absolutely amazing. And I think that one of the best thrills I had is um, they were retiring the, I, I want to say it was the Enterprise, okay. Space Shuttle Enterprise. Mm-hmm. I think it was this, I think it was that one. And they had it on the back of a 747, mm-hmm. and it was going to do a low flyby of uh, Palmdale, California, because Plant 42 was out there, and also circle down around L.A. I think L.A., but I'm driving out of the West Gate now, and I kid you not, coming from behind me right overhead, uh, this thing is coming in, and uh, this thing flew right over me and banked off to the left, and you could just see it all, all up there. It was just absolutely amazing. That's got to. There's no. There's anything. It's yeah. just got to take your breath away. Yeah, it did. It literally did. Now, ironically, I just happened to have the radio on at the same time, and the radio announcer was talking about this flight. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, not, I'm only half paying attention. Yeah, just, right? half paying attention. I'm not really looking out the windows, and I'm just cruising off the base. And and Edwards is spread out, so you've got a long ways to drive before you're actually off the base. And then. He's talking about this, and literally it buzzes my head. It literally flies out of him going, I almost got in a wreck. I yeah. mean, it just it was that amazing to see the broad daylight, to see that. Because I never saw that part yeah. before growing up. I only saw it land, but then flying before it made its final trip back to Florida or something like that or whatever it was. I can't. I mean, yeah. I. And I wish we had that still. I know. And, I, I was going to yeah. I I wish we still had those programs and stuff i know i mean we've got we've got the dragon capsule right but sure. but that's capsule. We i know to a capsule. i know dude it's it's yeah it's hard it's not the same like like it's space shuttle is like it's a whole craft right it's like yeah i know it was unwieldy and it was like a money sinkhole and but it was just like we had i remember one time watching maybe like late 2000s it was towards the end of like the shuttle life but it was right. like something was wrong at like the iss oh and, yeah yeah and they I remember they ended up they ended up readying two space shuttles because they're like we need one to go up and in case something happens we want to have another ready but right. i just remember seeing a photo and it was on like reddit and it just i mean i remember just getting like the most intense goosebumps of my life looking at this photo because it was just two readied space shuttles at night with this with the floodlights on them and i was just looking it was like it was zoomed out far enough that you could see both pads the movers everything and the sun setting and it just dawned on me i was like we have a space fleet like i was like we like i was like that was like the most not like rah rah let's go drop bombs that was the most like pro-american like intoxicating goosebumps i'd ever had in my life it's just like a thursday evening just looking at a picture on reddit and it was just i was like we have a space fleet not one we have another in case something goes wrong and where are they going to the floating space station like and then yeah that was a sign of american power i know dominance i mean the moon lane it makes sense in hindsight yeah and like where are we now I mean, uh, really. I know, and it's, I feel like we've gone backwards. We have. Um, when I was at Edwards, even at that time, uh, when I flew around Edwards and stuff too, because I I did get to do a little bit of stuff out there. Sure. Uh, I just found a way. Let's just put it that way. I found a way. Wink, wink. Um, nudge, nudge. Yeah. <clears throat> Say commissary, but yeah. I found a way. Uh, yeah. Um, we would deploy with the army actually Mm -hmm. that was so i had army training so we did some other stuff but flew over where spacex is okay and so so it's not far from edwards air force base yeah where all that stuff is located so we flew over that and looked at the hangars and you know all that stuff got to and kind of fly around their flight patterns and stuff too for a while and it you know was interesting i i mean i i liked and i still like the concept of civilians or private companies yes. you know competing against one another to be able to maybe create some but but that's been going on for years now and i'm disappointed in the in the results overall personally mm-hmm. maybe other people aren't um i thought i thought it was going to be a big deal when virgin galactic yeah, was looking, yeah at, looking at new mexico when i was stationed yep, out there yep, the spaceport the spaceport and i've actually yep. driven by it and it's a building mm-hmm. out in the middle of the desert and yep. it's the it's a great locale 
but nothing. Yeah, you know, they got right. runway and a and a building, and then nothing. They pulled out. You yeah. know, you're just going. I, I remember, I, yeah, I remember seeing that built. I remember reading about that in like Popular Mechanics. I think I was in high school, but I remember yeah. seeing the image. You know, it kind of just looked like a, an airport, but you were like, it's a spaceport, and it was just like, yeah, I was right. like, we're there, we're doing it, and it's just nothing. And then and nothing's come of it. It's like the water. It's like the tide hits the high mark, and then it just, you know, it's yeah. it's like what Hunter right. S. Thompson said about the '60s. He's like the peace and love and anti-war movement. Right. He was like, you can almost see the high water mark in, in uh, L.A., in Hollywood, where it didn't get over the mountains. And you can see the mansions and the stuff up there, but the culture got just to there, and then it didn't reach over, and it pulled back, and now here we are. Well, Hunter S. Thompson obviously died a while ago, but he was like, yeah. it almost broke. If it got over the mountains, it would have spread over the nation and possibly the world. But he's like, you can see the high water mark. It feels like that's what it is. It's like, because I was listening to an interview with Charlie Duke, and he was talking about it and he was like you gotta understand like when we first landed on the moon and he's like and a lot of us lived in the same neighborhood mm -hmm. it was like a lot of kids were like they knew like multiple neighbors who had been on the moon and it was like oh we're very quickly like normalizing it though it was like right. okay we're, we're we're doing the thing right we're doing right it's right. you know it's like the first like, i remember the first friend i saw with an iphone freshman year of high school huge screen not a flip phone i was just being like what and then more and more and more and then you get one and it's like and then it becomes normalized right right it's that's what charlie duke talks about he's like you got them you got those and hey yeah my dad and or you know my dad's brother or you know my mom's brother whatever they he went to the moon he went to the moon and it was very understood that like it's just a matter of time before i go you go and then it's going to be nothing and he goes but it just in the generation that i'm i'm working with and i've worked with for the last many years in the, in the public school sector they they have no idea who these people are none this is not uh, talked about in fact I, I i'm gonna share that particular interview with my history teachers stuff down there and you see should. if they even you know. should it's, it's, it's some young kids too it's, there's some young kids teaching too i'm like it's, man it's com it's com it's g-rated it is it is you yeah. can show it to a kindergarten class it's a good episode yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so looking forward to listening to it on the way. Over. Dude, it's, um, it's. But we went, we went to, uh, you know, so again, space shuttles, International Space Station, right? Getting uh, it going. Fleet, getting it going. The nothing and in, in you know spaceport and the spaceport. The idea, one of the ideas there, even from a commercial standpoint, is I when I was in Mexico because I kept up on that stuff. I went to some briefings and re news reports and stuff like that when they had live events or whatever. And, you know, they were talking about, Hey, look, you could launch from that spaceport in New Mexico, do that high parabolic arc mm -hmm. and, you know, go to, uh, where's that place in Saudi Arabia, you know, where all the, the they made the islands and stuff, you know, all that Dubai, uh, Dubai. Yeah. Dubai. And just do things like that. I'm like, yeah, just there go there hours yeah. or something, you know? Yeah. And that, to me, that sounded cool. Honestly, that well, that's what that that's what cool. Elon wants to do. Is he wants to? Right. I love how far ahead he thinks because it's, it's. Oh, I got my mind's still stuck on the Apollo. I gotta I gotta roll it back for a minute. It's <laughs> well, sorry that, but that's what Elon wants to do. Is he wants to use yeah. his rockets to yeah. uh to replace uh, air travel? But right. it's like thirty minutes. It's like it's like L A to like London, like twenty eight minutes. It's mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. yeah, it's. Again, what Charlie Duke talks about is he goes, you know, people used to get angry because they'd say we spent a hundred billion dollars on the moon, and he goes, we didn't spend a dime on the moon. He goes, we all we spent it all here in the United States of America, and I was like, yes. But he, but he goes, if you look at the technological um, uh, payoff on that investment, right. like true trickle down technology, he's talking in you know this video is from a couple of years ago. He's like, I was just in India. He goes, you know, the poor is all get out, but they've all got a cell phone. He goes, there are real life impacts from like the microchip technology, the microwave right. technology, the laser technology. It all trickled down. Well, and even the fuel technology. Yes, everything right. about it. The See, the, the here, material right. science, the the radios, the life systems. Yes. Interplanetary, intersolar, you know, yeah. all that stuff outside yeah. of the earth. And it's yeah. and not only that is and I've I I wish I could cite it off the top of my head. Normally I'm good at that, but I can't pull it up in my mind. It's, But there was some study that showed that 
without the space race, actually without the Cold War, but prim primarily the space race, right now in 2020, without that, we should be at 2000 technology. So like right, oh, like this they, year, yeah. we should be getting like the click wheel iPod. <laughs> right, but instead right. we're here. Okay. So he's like, he's like, sure, yeah, I can, you can argue, okay, why are we spending money to go to a different, you know, he's like, we have problems here, but he's like, the technological leap that happens, it, there's trillions of dollars worth of, of industry that happens because of that. And he's like, so it's like we reach forward and go to another planet or something, but it almost pulls all of us into the future, right? Right. And right. It's, it, there's a delay, but I mean, it, it does happen. And I think we need that because like, sure, a capsule, but it's I had on another I've had on rocket scientists a couple of times, Ken Mason. Who uh, is friends with the the Tom Moeller of SpaceX? But he was like, I was like, Ken, let's do another, let's do an episode on Halloween because we're launching a another Dragon capsule. And he goes, I don't want to watch that. Is this is this the guy that was talking about Venus and stuff like that? And who was that guy? Because I was watching Rob was Manning. He's the head of NASA JPL. Yeah, he was talking about. You guys were talking about going to Venus. I've watched, he is I've the that head. Episode. That was good too. Yeah, he is the head of NASA okay. JPL. Okay. All Mars rovers. That's him. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's yeah, yeah. tippy top dog, yeah. Yeah, nice. But this other guy, Ken Mason, was a rocket scientist and um, worked under Bob Truax, who was like the father of like Navy missiles. Point being, is I was like, and you can see it, it's on, it's on. I can't. It's a couple episodes ago. No, it's like a week ago. But it's on the video towards the end. I'm like, Ken, are we gonna do this thing? Let's watch the Dragon Capsule. We can do it live on the podcast. And he goes, I don't want to watch that. Ken's like 70. I was like, what do you what do you mean? And he goes, I've seen it all. He goes, I've seen it all. That's how I was, he's like, I remember us landing on the moon. I remember the space shuttle. We're just going slower and slower backwards. He goes, I don't want to watch that. And I was like, and I realized, like, that's true. Where is the the goosebump? Where is the I, I get it, sure, we're doing it with private companies, we're doing it for less money. I get it. But like, where's that like jaw on the floor? Mm -hmm. Oh my god, we're on the moon. That's what we need. And I think the only, I, th I think we need to do it with Mars. Like, I just, we need something because, again, what Charlie Duke talks about it, apparently now I'm a Charlie Duke expert, right? I've been watching interviews with him nonstop. <laughs> but he goes, he goes, you got to remember, it's the 60s. He goes, the Vietnam War was tearing us apart, but the space program was bringing us together. It right. was a hot war over in Vietnam, but we won the Cold War back here. And he's like, we needed that. It's like, because, you know, 62 cuban missile crisis 63 jfk killed 65 66 we start sending in advisors to vietnam 69 it's raging you right. know but then we land on the moon and he's like we needed this like this glue to keep us together and i i mean what is a better like bipartisan apolitical thing than just like let's go to the moon let's plant the american flag and whip around in a mars rover like two middle fingers usa like where's I, Maybe that's a gone era. Maybe that's maybe nationalism is bad now. I don't think so. I, God, I just think we need that. I I think the the problem with some of that might be just because of all the so called woke people out there that they would find ways say it's racist. Uh, to say it's racist. Yeah, I just I you're mean, appropriating why, Martian atmosphere. Yeah, why are you using a female gender to say Venus? Yeah, I oh, know, right? Like, yeah. How come like, that's not the right gender? Why are we calling the ship a she? Like she's beautiful. Yeah. Why is it her? Like I don't know. Like, have you seen them trying to tear open? Uh, in the last like six months or so, people have been bringing up like the problematic, problematic that term, uh, of I think Cronkite narrating John Glenn. No, because you know first first American in space. Yeah, right, right. Because he goes, he goes, Godspeed, John Glenn. Why did you have to bring a, the a god into this? Why does Christianity have to do? It's just a saying. Godspeed. Right. Just, right. you know, God's, you know, go get right. it. You know, the right. best. May the wind be at your back. Right, it's, right. But I think that's what we need. Maybe, because maybe that will bring us all together. Maybe we, maybe there's I was, some. I was just going to ask, are you thinking if, if, if we got behind something like that? Yes, Mars maybe that brings the woke people with us together. Maybe there's a woke guy with blue hair and lip piercings, but maybe he's just the best. <laughs> maybe he's the best radar technician there's ever been. And then you got a, a white, you know, white guy with a motorcycle and a Trump hat, but maybe he's the best, you know, 
he's the best rocket fuel guy. And maybe you can take these guys with they have their surface superficial cultural dressings, like a mask or clothes you put on. But maybe together they can maybe together they look at it as like deep down they're like, Oh, I wanna go to Mars. You know, I know it sounds like a cheesy, like low budget movie, but like I think that's what can happen. Is like if it's like go to Mars, like people are gonna you can get the most woke, you can get black, white, gay, straight, Republican, Democrat. I think if you get a bunch of geeks in the same room and and you get Trump going, I'm gonna sign a trillion dollars, get to us to get us to Mars by the end of this decade and come back safely to Earth, just do JFK part two. I think you'd have a lot of people drop everything and be like, All right, whatever. Drop politics, who cares? I think I still have faith in 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 the power of the geek and the 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 pride of just let's go do that right yeah. is that just me am i getting too excited sorry i cut you off no no i i i was wondering the same thing if if that would help to unite the country and you we wouldn't be would. listening to all this other garbage on the on the it, news and things like would. that and watch things go downhill i think it would um it, 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 all right let's talk mars then since you brought up mars let's do it let's talk mars buckle up yeah so we um the technology that's on my and you've you've talked to better experts about it than myself and i don't consider myself an expert necessarily just the technology that's there right now is that older rover technology stuff i mean we've got drones that would be so much better today if we could even get drones out there there's a drone in flight right now perseverance yeah yeah so when they get out there you know what i mean so as far as that goes and then but uh, don't you know you and i were not uh you and i were not alive during the generation that put the men on the moon as far as when they got it started so we don't know what it felt like we don't know what it meant to that generation like our parents or grandparents generation um for example it, the, i'm thinking right now the mindset of people if we go to mars you know what is the mindset there do we have to go to either just say we we did it and that's it i don't think in the culture and society that we live in today that's enough okay what are we going to get from mars what do we get what does america get from it do we go in there to build a base you know, are we are we gonna are we really gonna establish a colony like we've seen in all these science fiction films and books and posters and artwork? And are we gonna harvest red dust? Well, <laughs> I don't know. You know what what are we gonna get? Because I think that's that's the attraction. Is are all these oil companies and and precious mineral companies? Do they see the value sure. in it? I, I can't remember sure. if it was one of your other episodes that I watched or something else I was reading up on. But when it comes to harvesting asteroids, for example, mm-hmm. or comets or Venus or whatever, what, you know, are those places filled more with gold? We'll find a way to get there. Yeah. You know what uh, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I but, think it was one of your pilots, one of your guys yeah. that you were. Well, I have talked that about that recently. Yeah. Asteroid yeah. mining. Yeah. yeah. What we need what we need is China to say that they're going to Mars. Uh, I was thinking we need a yeah, we need, we need a villain. We need a villain. We need, right? a, hey. we need an antagonist to make us be the protagonist to get out there. Hey, it's it is. There's no taking it down. This podcast is. There's too many episodes online. There's no taking the cap, putting the cap That's back in the right. bottle. I am a big proponent of Cold War too. <laughs> <It's, laughs> I think I think it's you know, I th- I, th- I think. <laughs> It's bad, man, but I think great things come from it. And I'm not not to, you know. I didn't think about it, but you're right. If China said, we're going, you know. Yeah. We're going to the moon. We beat the right man to the moon. Yeah, right? we'll go. Yeah. 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 Well, hello, America. Yeah. But if we beat them, the other way to look at it is go, is to go. So not even gold in the sense that like, oh, shiny metal, right? Because what is the actual value of gold? Well, now with technology, there's actually a huge value of gold, not just because it's shiny, but because Correct. we actually use it in our in our, in our our consumer and electronics. And the space programs use probably the most yes. of it. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. so there's now there's actual value. It's not just look at right. this coin, right? There's actual, right. maybe cheaper phones, cheaper laptops, cheaper Xboxes. 
What I think could happen, what I hope happens, is that we do look at asteroid mining, we look at these huge chunks of palladium and platinum and rhodium and yep. gold yep. and silver, or, yeah. And just like, excuse me, just like building oil rigs in the middle of the ocean, if there's a profit incentive, we'll do some crazy stuff, right? That's right, that's right. If there's a profit incentive in the trillions, my hope is that we master getting to asteroids and by mastering that, what one thing we're going to do is just like sending mail, you want to get to the point where the plane is the most efficient, it's got tailwinds, it's the most fuel efficient because we want our mail there cheaper, right? Where UPS versus FedEx, whatever. If we can get all these asteroid mining companies going at it, if we can get Bezos or Zuckerberg going at it, what will happen is you may be thinking, what does this have to do with Mars? Nothing, except the ability to get there. One of the one of the costs they're going to try to hammer down is the reusability of rockets. If that technology trickles down, Mars could be, I think, more in reach. Well, Mar well, depending on where Mars is in the solar system at any time yeah, well, of the year, the Mars, window, Mar yeah. Mars is the natural base to launch uh, expeditions into the asteroid belt. Oh, there you go. There you go. Because originally, if I understood, if I understood the progress of technology and space program and stuff at, at the time, the moon was supposed to be that, you know, we went, we sent men to the moon and everything established or whatever, we brought back some rocks or whatever. And yes, and it is everything we were talking about earlier with increasing technology here back on the earth, but that was supposed to be a launching point for, for extra, mm -hmm. for intersolar and extrasolar exploration mm -hmm. as well. But Mars seems like a stopping point again, depending on where it's at in the solar system at the time of year, but it would be a natural base to launch in, you know, expeditioner form into perfect the sense. asteroid belt. Makes perfect sense. I mean, yeah. we have harvest season here on Earth. Why wouldn't you just have harvest season on Mars? That's right. Here's their three-month window. Go out and get it. It's a resupply base yes. for the asteroid workers and whatnot. It, I, I, I don't see anything don't wrong know. with that. I'm like, sick them. Go sick ExxonMobil on it. Well, it's right. just profit. I'm like, that. Like, sorry to burst your bubble, but that's what makes the world go around, all right? A great right, book, yeah. Accessory to War by Neil deGrasse Tyson. He talks about even like using like early lati latitude and longitude like expeditions going at, like we remember it as like, oh, they were using the sextant and they were using how to map stuff. But reality, a lot of these like beautiful, idyllic uh, science expeditions, mm -hmm, a lot of mm -hmm. these had, I mean, literally was secret for hundreds of years after. It was the equivalent of like black ops. They also had like only one or two guys on the ship would know, but they were also out there mapping the coastline for the crown. Mm -hmm. So That's they're right. out there going, we're advancing science and learning about new shores, but you're also going, here's where the Navy can come. Here's, here's where mm -hmm. we can go get a better trade. I mean, here's the deep water bay. Yes. Yes. So, hey, that's the yeah. reality of how this stuff works. I mean, let's go to the new world, Christopher Columbus. And it's like, nah, man, we're going to let's go get some gold. Go get <laughs> Right. And now we just stop. I mean, I mean, how did we just go and take the West Coast? It's a gold rush. It wasn't like, let's go settle in California. It was, hey, there's gold. Let's go kill everyone in our way and come back rich. There was, I, again, I don't know if it was one of your podcasts or something else I was listening to or reading up on. You said the gold rush, and there was a theory that's come out recently that... <laughs> that was this podcast, yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah that yeah. was good, too, man. Yeah, I'm that's one of my fun. favorite theories. I heard, I think I heard last year. <laughs> I think that's yeah. the best theory. There's no gold out there. Or they found one right. town, and they just yeah. go, hey how do we go we can send a military expedition but you know it's almost like conscripted men versus volunteers one volunteer is worth 20 conscripted right hey we can go get a bunch of conscripted men and say hey we're going on horseback out to the west they're all gonna die no one's gonna want to go but if you tell a bunch of people bunch of poor peasants and immigrants in new york and boston hey there's gold out there them golden them there mountains that's right. That's how you just get a wave of 10 million people going out in wagons. It doesn't matter how many die. Even if 99% die, that's still <laughs> what? Like 9,000 that get there? So it's just fire away. We go settle it. By the time they're out there, there's no flights back home. There's no trains back home. There's no gold. Set up shop. Let's open a saloon. Oh, there's, yeah. some, there's some engines out there? Kill them. Now, now the U.S. comes in and goes, well, we got to protect our citizens. Next thing right. you know, boom. Turnkey, West Coast is ours, manifest destiny, point, set, match. Who yeah. cares about yeah. the gold? 
thought you got yeah. lied to. You're stuck out there. It took you nine months to get there. You're not coming back here. I was shaking my head when I watched that. Then I was Isn't going, that a great idea? That's not a bad idea. <laughs> so, so what is what is the next point? I mean, you want to go take half the nation. Yeah. Right? Because if we just go send the military, you can, you're going to have a bunch of people going, you know, the equivalent of woke people back then going, we can't just go out there, but you put money out there. Now everyone's like, eh, you know, it's our land, whatever. They're Indians. They're savages, right? But, you know, give them some smallpox. That's right. I mean, so on that note, is it coming? I know. I was, how long can you go for? An, what, an hour? Uh, yeah, it's about four, man. Tw- I get about it. the half hour mark. Okay, yeah. gotcha. 12 more minutes. I got you. You're, you're mine for 12 more minutes. Yeah. Um, but you got to think, what is the current version of that? Could it be asteroid mining? Hey, get out. There's palladium in them there, asteroid belts. I'm sure there is. If they're not all just iron, and, right? But and I who mean, cares? If we can just go get them to set up a base. <laughs> Gold Rush Part 2. <laughs> Elon's going to get there and go, oh, my God, there's fresh water and gold. You, you know, we're doing some... Um, um, let's see if I can say this correctly because you do interview some other other folks that have worked in the in the ops black ops world and stuff. And so there's there's stuff that there's stuff that's potentially happening in the now on the civilian side uh, as far as um, you know tracking Antifa and all that other stuff and just just doing research and whatnot. But. You think, is it going to be a black ops type thing too, though? Like you're saying, like you're suggesting that a government conspiracy of some sort that we go go get those asteroids to do what with them, though? I mean, ultimately, it still to me goes: is is the palladium worth it? Well, can we turn it into a weapon? Right? Can we can we attach rockets to the asteroid and say to the other other country, you don't want to do? We're just We'll throw an asteroid at you now. I mean, not, forget nuclear bombs. We'll just throw an asteroid. I mean, what's not, the motivation for going out all the way to the asteroid belt, right? Sure. Uh, we can't. We can't do it, man. I mean, come on. You've talked to the or, experts. Or, or why do it? Yet. Why verbally? Th- why openly threat? Hey, China. Hey, whoever. We're gonna hit you with an asteroid. Why verbally threat? Why not just have an asteroid hit? Oh my God! Wow. What a coincidence. You guys didn't like our trade tariffs, and all of a sudden, a small asteroid of two to four kilotons hit Beijing. Wow. Oh, my God. That's so crazy that it happens. I mean, this would literally be mafia, like, you need my security. Hey, we can sell you our asteroid detection program. Why don't you let us oh, come in there? Was, yeah, I know what I was going to say. I lost my train of thought. Um, I was – I was okay, I'll connect this for you. <laughs> so with – with on this – you've got these – you've got these – military people Delta with guys. certain skill sets to be able to research and track uh, sure. Antifa. groups like the FBI, but the civilian side, let's say. Let's just call it that. Um, you always eventually look for who is funding them. Mm-hmm. Track the money, right? Follow mm-hmm. the money. It's kind of like criminal investigation 101. You follow the money and then you can find the bad guys, you know, and put, put all the pieces together. And so you've got these, you've got these you've got these, let's say, Zuckerberg people, type people that are funding Antifa and stuff, let's say. And I'm wondering, if if that is true, why waste your money there? Why not invest it into going to Mars, going to Venus, going to the asteroid belt and stuff? These guys that got those billions of dollars, if they actually want to do something good for mankind... There's your cat. Man, There's if your... they would just get rid of it, if they're doing stuff like that, and of course I don't know 100%, not 100%, but I mean, just if they're doing anything like that, man, redirect that, put it, well, you, put it, you, you said put it, it into something like that. You just said, I think the, the problem is if you want to do something good for humanity, I think yeah. there's your catch. I don't think that's the desire. People that yeah. are doing this stuff, yeah, if you're going to build an oil rig and you're going to go slaughter some indigenous peoples, hey, I get it. You, I don't, I don't support it, but hey, I get it. You're trying to increase that bottom line. People that are funding Antifa or something, this is all ideology. This is doctrine. Mm-hmm. This has nothing. There's right. no profit margin with them. It's right. like, it's like how right. you, YouTube is not profitable on the books. It's not profitable. 
So I, I don't understand the investment in it by these because it's got political guys. capital. You can have that's anything. That's trend, gotta be it. Yeah. Can have anything yeah. trend that you want. Yeah. Can have hey, because who 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 the hell's gonna know, right? Well, and here's the thing. You know, you're trying to get monetized, right? Let's yeah. say on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. Here's the problem. As soon as you get monetized, you know what's gonna happen, right? You're gonna have a half an hour and half an hour show interview, like with with Duke, right? Yeah. And have half an hour, thirty five minutes, I think is what it was. And you're going to have like 10 commercials in there in you, 30 minutes. You get to choose. You get to choose. You get to choose how many show up? Yeah. So I would just I would just do one at the beginning. Okay. To me, that's when, fair. Yeah. When I'm listening to quote unquote conservative podcasts as oh, well, terrible. they're flooded. And, and I'm like, are they scheduling that or, or is YouTube doing that on purpose because it frustrates the crap no, out of me when I'm trying to listen to podcasts? That's the channel doing it. They, they're, See? they're, they're going for a money grab. Yeah. It's yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. uh yeah, it's, they're weird, man. It's, you can run, yeah. you can run ads and I ran an ad with the Delta force guys I had on last week or two weeks ago now. Yeah. And I ran an ad on Facebook, like purposely chose a different corporation Sure. And saw how many, you know, and it tells you how many clicks you get. You can choose like, whatever you mm -hmm. aim at, whatever. Got it down to like whatever. And and I looked at like the Facebook thing and I can see and it's let's just say a thousand clicks. Right. I saw it go over to YouTube and it's 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 about like plus or minus 10 percent. So it might maybe I got 900 views on the video, maybe got 1100. And then I ran another one like a week later and it was like 500 and it was like 450 to 550. It's pretty accurate. It's any any um disparity or difference i think just think that's just whatever that's you know it gets a little hair it gets a little fuzzy right i tried to run i had on mitzi purdue last week a woman who's um heading uh win this fight.org which is an anti-human trafficking uh, movement. i didn't finish that one yeah i just i haven't got a chance to watch that one yet yeah yeah she's brilliant and yeah. i had her on um last week and we talked about that and i tried to run an ad on it and uh facebook wouldn't let me and so i was like because we did talk about china and i was like okay i can see some ccp money so i tried to run an ad on uh brigadier general robert spaulding author of stealth war a book about china trying to take over america they rejected that one i was like all right there's some ccp money in there but you know whatever hey it's a i don't like it but that's a private company you right. can do whatever you want and what am i gonna do beat my drum they're censoring me no one cares so I tried again because I had on Mitzi Purdue yesterday. We talked about okay. human trafficking again. And we talked about what I'm telling you now, not being able to run an ad. So I tried to run an ad today on Mitzi Purdue again, and it didn't let me. So huh. then I tried to run it a second time today, and I changed the title of the ad to Facebook won't allow me to advertise anti-human trafficking. Ad went right through, got approved. <laughs> So, okay, but hear me out. I'll, I'll pull up the numbers right now. Let's see what it says. Yeah. Right now, I've spent $20.12 on it with 918 link clicks. I don't know how well you can see it. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's pull it up. That's weird. Because YouTube is only telling me that I have 128, not, <laughs> not, not 918. Doesn't seem like that's just within the margin of error. So it comes up that one of two things has to be happening: either Facebook is lying to me, which I don't think they would, because there's money involved, so therefore it would be fraud. Or I am actually getting that many views on YouTube, but they are not reporting it to me or to my viewers just how many I'm getting, which has to raise the question, why the hell are they trying to reduce uh, eyes on a video about anti-human trafficking? Right. What it, right. What it was that? I mean, do I need to put on the tinfoil hat to start pointing? Go. I mean, but what, what, what is yeah. the reasoning behind it? Why is the there was we didn't talk, didn't even say the word Republican, Democrat, didn't even say the words Trump or Biden nothing what is that that's nothing i'm doing i'm just showing you the numbers i'm not drawing any conclusions for I'm you with it. i'm but, with it yeah but you don't need you don't need you don't need me to convince you i can show you, you go so what's going on well the you immediately assume oh yeah youtube's doing something hairy why is that why is that i'll on leave a, that food for thought yeah leave it food for thought on a different note <laughs> 
it wasn't too long ago that the stealth fighter was back in action. Oh yeah. Um, I don't, um, I'm not saying necessarily military action, but it was out flying. Um, I don't know if you watch those videos about the, the mock test and stuff from time to time. They use like um, drones and stuff. Well, they do the mock circles and stuff and you got all the photographers out there. Oh, the mock loop. The mock loop. Yeah. The mock loop. And so the stealth fighter was out there actually. And, so they they have some operational stealth fighters um, <clears throat> out there, and I'm curious to. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to. Yeah, they can't go mock. I can tell you that right yeah, now. Yeah, I was about to say, why that, are they in the mock loop? Not why they were out there. They were there for the photo op. It's some. It's some great footage. Yeah, by yeah, the way. yeah. I mean, yeah. No, amazing mock, footage. Mock loop footage is great. And so, this is this was the. This was the premise that it was set up for. So they've got several stealth fighters, F-117A stealth fighters out there flying and they're being used, if I understood it correctly, they're being used as they're pretending to be the bad guys mm -hmm. in mock aerial combat situations with F-22s, um, um, F uh, the Joint the Strike Fighters, you know, uh -huh. the J-35, things like that. Yeah. Uh, so they're being used as that because even though our newer planes are stealth capability, but because of what China has been coming out with, as you know, and what Russia has been coming out with, with their stealth jets, um, they have to, you know, they have to practice combat, basically aerial combat against other stealth mm -hmm. fighters. And so be, so we're, they're going back to, in one sense, the original, and I think that's what it's being used for right now. So I'm not saying that it's been being used for actual combat missions right now, but it's being used to, for training purposes. How about that? So, um, I mean, it's still so it's relative. It's, to, it's still so advanced, like relative it to is. relative to the in world sense, technology. Yeah. It is still so advanced. Yeah, even for seventy nine. Do some research. You'll you'll see the you'll okay. see the footage. On it. It's amazing. I mean, it's I'm clear. I mean. These guys, if you've ever seen the mock loop stuff, I, their footage is amazing. Well, they're standing literally right on yeah. the mountain or the hill, and they're flying like so close to them. Yeah. And so you see the stealth pilot; he's, he's waving, he's doing, he's doing the whole photo op thing, man. You're like, that That's never awesome. would have happened before. By the way, yeah. that never, no, never. No, you would never be able to get that close in the past. There's not even not a chance. But now. That's that's another reason we need to go back to the moon, man. We gotta yeah, get some eight, yeah. we gotta get some eight K cameras up there. We gotta get some of that National Geographic footage. Hey, how come we how come they don't have uh, cameras going on and you can log in necessarily, you know, with the the internet, you know, like I can put a. Uh, we're we're going to be launching our own. Uh, this um, this is my tie-in here at the end of our our time together. But so we'll be launching our own this winter. We're going to be launching our own YouTube channel with the farm and the survival stuff and everything. Okay, so it's called uh, Maplewood Homestead and Farms. Um, I'm working on uh, that with the with the podcast and everything to go awesome. with it. But maybe even a separate channel as far as talking about these types of things and other things, kind of like what you do in a way. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be launching that. The whole family's behind it. Uh, we we want to set up cam internet cams um, on the property, yeah. showing you different stuff. So if people just want to watch what's farm life like, yeah, and they can do live, you know, live streaming or whatever. You know, we'll we'll do some we'll do some different things. We we've we're expanding again um, as far as that survival process go. We're hoping to get to the point where we can eventually start putting uh, deals and packages together for folks if they're interested in. Um, either a having someone else raise their livestock for uh -huh. them and we call it a chicken share or a goat share or a herd share That's or awesome. it's it's like a monthly subscription based type deal is basically what it's doing That's amazing and, um, you may not be able to raise this stuff on your own or you choose not to and you because you do have the ability you choose not to well let someone else do it for you you know and um that's we're going to be talking awesome. about those things. Yeah. In fact, when I talk about when the family wants to get involved, even our uh, our youngest daughter, she wants to start raising rabbits and things like that. And will we raise it for meat or we will be because we haven't expanded that, but mm -hmm. we will be. She wants to just raise them to sell for pets even because she doesn't like that old meat part, I guess. But we'll be doing that too. I mean, there's, That's there's awesome. lots of opportunity out there. And I, I see these other people, you know, they're making these survival packages or whatever, but I'm going, okay, we're going to try a different 
yeah. approach yeah. and see if uh, how folks that maybe not, but they'll look at the live animal side uh, versus prepackaged stuff. We will. It's kind of like um, maybe we'll, if we if we can be successful in it, Tommy. Uh, maybe we'll get to the point where um, you buy a timeshare into a bug out place that we can create for you. That's awesome. And, and it's fully stocked and stuff. And, you know, we're running that part of the business to make sure it stays that way. And so have your we'll own have little, to, your own little yeah, bunker. Yeah, you know, that's, I wouldn't mind doing that. I, I think I'm probably overstepping my bounds because I haven't spoken to my wife about that yet. But I, I still like that idea. I saw some other folks do that. And, it's I like a timeshare awesome. type deal, you know? Hey, so, 2020s, that, it'll sell itself. I think so. COVID, think so. riots. Uh-huh. uh-huh. What, what's coming next? Pres- That's right. I mean, hey, man, they, they sold, <laughs> well, yeah, they sold nuclear, they sold nuclear bunkers in the 50s, dude. That's how they, right. That's those right. guys made some cash, dried food. Yeah, That's dude. Right. Potable I think, water. I think, though, on outside of that type of stuff, I think, where we would like to go perhaps one day if we, if we just end up doing this for ourselves as you know then we end up sure. doing it for ourselves but if we can go out there and serve a greater community then we'll do that but i think one of the directions we would like to go in is and there are what i'm about to propose there are schools or there are places like this here and there throughout the united states um, a lot of times they're just inner city gardens, for example. Mm-hmm. So you think, oh, mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Well, it's just teaching inner city kids where yep. their food source comes from. But all they have access to is this little community garden. Yeah. What I'm proposing, if we can get funding for it, is we want to build a school that public school kids, whoever, homeschool kids, private school, it don't matter to us. They come and stay on the farm for either a week, a semester, whatever it is, sure. they have their dormitories, but it's farm-based. They're gonna go to work and still get their certified curriculum or whatever they need sure. to do, but, they would, but now they get the hands-on stuff that they would never, ever get. Even with an FA pro, FFA program in a high school, no, 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 we're talking, you're sleeping there, you're working there, you're gonna learn different, and we'll bring in other teachers and guest speakers and, I love and, and experts and, and ultimately, that's kind of what we would like to do, and then just run it. You know, just I love provide it. that. I love it. I think there's it will one, work, man. There's one up in I want to say up where you're at. Uh, there's one like that up in New Hampshire. I don't know if the students actually spend the night and stay there. They might, but there, I, I read it in a magazine before I moved to Tennessee, and they had kids being bussed all the way from Mississippi I believe to it. go and attend this place. And of course, that place is doing really well. Uh, they make their own cheeses and stuff like that. So that, you know, they sell that stuff on the side. But they were busing kids from Mississippi all the way up to New Hampshire, so they could teach these kids. Have, look, yeah. I look at it as survival. Okay, yeah. I look at it as sure. it used to be a way of life prior to and up through World War II. It's still okay. a way of life. We're just removed from the people who do it for us. Well, and then people after World War II. They just, they didn't care anymore. And so they got rid of the Victory Gardens. They mm-hmm. got rid of that last, they moved to the bigger cities. And for almost two full generations, a lot of that knowledge wasn't necessarily passed down mm. at all. And so we've been we've been networking and stuff where we're at and we've got mentors and we've got other people that, you know, they're, pa- they're willing to pass down that, that knowledge to us hands-on though mm-hmm. not just talking on the phone but yeah. hands-on between livestock and gardening and, and electronics believe it or not yeah. you know other types of stuff ham radio operator type stuff and Dude, you should there's there's all kinds of areas we're getting into here Tommy you should you should bring in people and just film all of it and almost preserve that's what, I, that's pre- what we're gonna do preserve yeah. it like an online library like I can go to Wikipedia or I can go to like Wolfram Alpha right I can get all these free courses of stuff of just people right, right. it's like no one has to pay for that you know well granted I don't have anyone on the teachers anything but like you know you could go on and you could show this is what you do with this seed in this season. And instead of having that thing die off with older generations, just Correct. put it on a YouTube video. It's there forever. You can We're just go get Farming 101. We're going to do it. You get big We're enough, it. and then you run a 30-second ad at the beginning. You get a penny here and there. <laughs> you rack it up, and that's how you make your cash, though. 
and, and before you know it, they're going to be calling me to say, okay, we want to start a colony on Mars, and we need to know how to there you go. stuff. And, and who else would they call? I don't but who, know. But seriously, who else? You get to a point where you're like, we need to be able to survive. Right. It's not rocket science. It's There is rocket science to get there, but once you get there, it's like, we need... Does anyone, does anyone know how to run a victory garden? Yeah. Is it dirt? It's dirt. I don't know what's in it necessarily. A lot of iron, maybe, but we'll figure it out. Yeah. You know? we'll figure yeah. it out. We'll do some composting and everything. Yes. And we'll get going. Hey, we'll, we'll start. We're getting back to square one and going to a new planet. We got to start out from the beginning. I, I know I'm kind of out of time, but I know. It, it, kept, it kept me thinking about there, is, there really isn't a pioneering spirit in America anymore and probably in the world. And yeah. one, there, yeah. there's probably pockets of it, so I don't want to negate that necessarily. Sure. But overall, there isn't that pioneering spirit that we had in America. Like, I don't even, I have the pioneering spirit to build this first for our family, and then we like, well, wait a minute, other people around us, maybe do, but, but on a bigger scale, to provide to the community at large and whatever, no one's really doing that, what we're thinking about anyways. But I don't have a pioneering spirit to go to Mars like I did when I was young and mm-hmm. single. Mm-hmm. Like I sure. wanted to be that guy. I would go. Sure. I mean, I would go. <laughs> and now I'm like, I don't know. We're going to have to send those geeks like you were saying. We're going to have to send the geeks out there. And maybe once the technology gets good enough and fast enough, then I'll go and do a site visit or something and teach that's, you how to do something out that's there. That's not Pioneer, though. I know. That's, that's that, that You're just hopping on the train. But hey, I would say you do, have, you do have Pioneering, train. though. Hey, there a lot of pioneers died. <laughs> well, that's hey. Well, hey, it's hey, it, hey. No one, you wouldn't be able to be the guy that did. You know, everyone knows Neil Armstrong. Everyone knows Christopher Columbus. Right. Hey, there's a reason why. You, what's the reward? I, is I tell you what, if, if they ask me to be the first man on Mars, I'd probably say yes. To Thank the you. chagrin of what I'm just saying, and my whole family being pissed off at me, I sign me up. Okay. History. I want my name in the history book. Let's do it. You 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 are that guy. That's, but, Let's do it. But in a way, you you do have pioneering spirit, though. The fact that you're trying to move away from school to this whole thing, that is pioneering. You're you're what getting you, off the yeah. beaten path in a different way. Sure, in a different it's, way. It's yeah. but it is it is it's the same thing. There's risk. There's yeah. risk with turning down med school and starting a podcast. That is yep. no. It's not going across an ocean to a new land. But I mean. It's like, hey, I'm above my parents' garage. I'm 30 years old, man. It's, hey, there's a lot of risk, you know? It's <laughs> it's terrifying. It's depressing. But there yeah. is, what's the, well, what? why do I do it? Well, shit, what if I could be the next Joe Rogan, right? You got to have, you know, a lot of people die. It's, there's the risk. Apparently, apparently, though, either you need to move to Texas or Nashville because, like, Ben Shapiro and all of them, you know, because Joe Rogan and Ben Shapiro, they're good friends. Yeah. Bench Bear's out in Nashville now, which is two and a half hours away from me. So you don't need to cool. do anything. You can do whatever you want. You can do it from Maryland. You can do it from New Hampshire. You can do it from Mars. And internet connection's all you need. There's no hub. There's no. You used to have to go to Hollywood to do movies. There's no hub <laughs> for podcasting. Do you have an IP address? You have a functioning webcam? Boom. Do an episode. Think of the satellite chain they'd have to have for communication to have good you mean speeds. Starlink? Yeah. Well, I was going to say Elon's Starlink? Yeah. No, you wouldn't be able to do that. It would, have, it would just be. I, I know you got to go. I know you got to go. We're running over. I ran you ten minutes over. I snuck in there. I got you. I snuck in there. That's how it's done. Watching, a, watching a genius at work here. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah Real. Yeah. Right. I know. Right. No. A genius is a genius is go yesterday. Go watch. Uh, go watch Charlie Duke. That is. Yeah. Yes. That is a yeah. sharp guy. Yeah. Amazing. All right, my David friend. David Libby, stay safe, brother. Till next Until time. Next well, yeah. God bless America. Stay safe. Everybody stay safe out there. Love each other. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.